Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times with my buddy cop, Eduardo Encina. Here in Detroit, the Big D, uh, where the Buccaneers have beaten the Detroit Lions 38-17. Eduardo, this game was uh, historic on some levels. And... um, you know, pretty exciting on others, but uh, the fact of the matter is they came out and they had a 24-3 to lead on this team, and before you knew it, they were in a dogfight. This thing was 24-17, the Lions were driving, and then your boy, Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, with about 5-12 left in the fourth quarter, he intercepts a pass and goes 70 yards for a touchdown into an end zone where there were about 40 family and friends going nuts. And that sort of sealed the deal. Brett Perriman added what was his third touchdown. Brashad Perriman. Did I say Brashad? Why do I keep calling Brett? Because his daddy played in Detroit. Brashad Perriman. Huge day by him. We got lots to talk about. Um, But starting with the fact that Jameis Winston had another monster day. Jameis Winston, after throwing for 446 yards a week ago, went for 458. He threw for 300, more than 300 yards in the first half. Had one of the biggest first quarters of, of any uh, Buccaneer player in history, and now has the you know reset his club record with 30 touchdowns, four touchdowns, one interception that came on the first possession. Again, no big deal. Um, this guy has just sort of left a hell of an impression in these last two weeks, with two weeks to go, on what his fate is for 2020. It all but seals the deal, I think, doesn't it? I, I think so. I mean, like. So what was it? About two weeks ago, we were looking at it. We were saying, okay, mm. quarter of the season. He's What did we say? I think we said, what, 11 touchdowns and three picks? Maybe that could get yeah, him there? maybe 12 or three, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. 11 three. But um, the way he's played combined with the way he's overcome some of the turnovers, especially last week, yeah. um, and then the way that he's been able to win games, you know, and, and I think you combine those three things and, and um, it's it's really hard to not – make a decision on Jameis Winston and not bring him back, I feel like. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, these are numbers that no one's ever put up, you know, back-to-back 450-yard games. Never. Like, think it, about that. Never. So so we're talking about – and I, I think the thing that's impressive, especially with this game, was that this wasn't a game where – you know, I've always thought that some of Jameis's numbers have been somewhat inflated because they're always coming playing from behind. Right. This one, they got ahead. They got ahead fast. And – for the most part, barring a little bit of a stretch through the third quarter and the fourth quarter where they really did allow the Lions to get back in the game, they were just they put they put the pedal on the gas, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if I've seen all season long more wide open targets True. for uh Jameis Winston, but also him putting it right on the money. You know, I mean he, he really put some good balls where he needed to. And I think, you know, with, with Jameis we we always talk about we see those balls routinely, right? Mm-hmm. But then we, we, we also see the balls that that you know, we're kind of like, well, what's what's he doing? Where's he where's he going with that? What's he thinking? He really didn't didn't have that, ex- with the exception of that that first interception. And it's funny, Bruce Arians said that you know he came back to the sideline. He's like, oh, that's fine. Just get it out of the way. 
And that's what exactly what he did. He got it out of the way, and uh, you know we know that Jameis has made a habit of, of doing it on the first possession. But um, you know I, I like what what he was able to do. I like the 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 pocket presence show. Now now let's let's take this with a grain of salt too. The Detroit Lions are not a good football. They're not team. a good football team, and uh, they 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 don't they don't create turnovers, especially in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Their pass defense is one of the worst in the league. Um, but still, you know, th- this when, when this all has to go into the evaluation process of Jameis, and you can't really argue 450 yards on back-to-back weeks, four touchdowns, one interception. One, one thing I wrote this morning was it was an interesting uh, quote that, that I, I gleaned from Bruce Arians' uh, press comments with the Detroit writers yet last week, and he said something to the effect of, you know, I know that the first time in my offense – Typically, the touchdown spike, the interception spike. Ideally, we want to have Jameis at like three to one that inter- that touchdown interception ratio. And today he was four to one. Um, you know, over the course of his career, he really hasn't done that for that that really sustained part of time. But mm-hmm. um, but but right now he's starting to play that way, and I think that um, everyone in in uh, the Advent Health Training Center can. <laughs> can start to feel maybe a little bit better about this. And like I said, obviously you got to take a little bit of grain of salt, um, but, but it's, it's obviously better than the alternative, right? You know what? Jameis was asked uh, after the game, you know, if he thinks maybe uh, this might help, you know, sort of help convince, make the argument, if mm-hmm. you will. I'm summarizing the question um, that he should return in 2020. And he said really for the first time emphatically that I hope it, I hope it helps me. I really want to be back here. Now, that may not be a big surprise to a lot of people because I think he loves his teammates. I think he he wants to prove he can be the guy here. But you know what? After five years, he could easily want to go the other way too and not be as emphatic. Here's the thing about today, okay? No Mike Evans. Coming in, we knew he wasn't going to play. Then Chris Godwin gets hurt, okay? Uh, and Scotty then, Miller then you have Scotty earlier. Miller who gets hurt after his 33-yard touchdown catch. And so all of a sudden you look up and you've got, you know, Justin Watson, um, you know, at one point Tanner Hudson's in there. He got a concussion. Um, you know, it, it was really all hands on deck with Perriman. Ishmael Hyman, who just, Ishmael got, Hyman. just got promoted from the, uh, from the practice yeah. squad, was in the game and caught a first down pass in a really big moment. A big moment, a three-yard, it was just a three-yard reception, but by God, that was huge. Eleven different players caught passes. That's incredible. Um, you know, he had 28 completions to 11 different players. A couple of them went over 100 yards. Godwin uh, certainly did. He went for 121 on just five catches. Five catches for Perriman for 113. His best game as a buck with three touchdowns. Jameis had completions of 51, 34, 25, 33 yards, 26 yards. These were huge chunk plays down the field throws that, to your point, were really on target. And you know, no, no matter how bad the, the Lions are playing right now, that's still an NFL football team, and this did get to be, you know, a seven-point game. But I think I think the sort of the mark of a good quarterback is, can you make guys around you better? Can right. you throw guys open? I think Jameis did that. He did that against the Lions, you know, because he, he didn't have his dudes. You know, Godwin went out early in the third quarter. We never saw him again. And now it looks like he might be in, in the same boat as Mike Evans. We may not see him again this year. And it was interesting, after the game, Bruce Arian said, you know what, with all these hamstrings they have, Scotty Miller's had it two or three times. Um, you know, remember uh, O.J. Howard had a hamstring yep. that knocked him out for a couple games. Now you're seeing their two top receivers out with hamstrings. 
And he allowed that, you know what, maybe that's on me. I have to give my sports science guys, but maybe I've run these guys too much. And we heard that in training camp from these receivers. They said, we've never run as much as we've run in this training camp. And, you know, in training camp, you want that, right? You want to yeah. get the reps. You want to get the balls thrown your way. Um, you know, in December, when, you know, your, your body's tired, no one's obviously 100% at that point. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder if – and, you know, the, the one thing that players do say emphatically about Arians is that he knows when to give them breaks. He knows yeah, when to that. give them the day off. Veterans. You know, there's a victory Monday. There's a veteran off days. There's all this stuff. And he does a really good job with that. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that Arians, you know, almost, you know, out loud to himself said – you know, maybe maybe I did maybe I did make a mistake here with this because you know obviously the next two weeks from wa- from watching Chris Godwin walk out of the locker room today, I don't think he's going to no, play for the rest of the year. I don't either. He was ve- he had a very heavy limp on. Anytime you're getting carted to the locker room, uh, it's not it's not a good thing. So especially a um, hamstring, a hamstring, but, right? Is not th- those are so it. tough. I mean, those are those usually get, take at least a couple weeks just sure. to get back anyway. Sure, no matter the severity, but uh, you know. I think the one thing here, too, to, to keep in mind about Jameis is we, we know about the relationships that he's built and, and the comfort he's built with some of his receivers. You know, Mike Evans, he knows that he can put a ball up anywhere close to him and he's going to go get it. The relationship he's built with the trust of Chris Godwin has been really something special to watch, especially develop over the years and especially this year. The, what I think is really interesting is we've heard all year long from Perriman and from Jameis about how much they they really like working together. Mm-hmm. And over the past three weeks and culminating today with that three-touchdown game, you really started to see it. I mean, you talk about those long balls, I think, you know, all three of those touchdown passes were uh, 25 yards or more. Yeah. And they were just balls that, you know, you could tell these guys were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's got to be good where not just are you, you know, you know your, your number one guy, you know your number two guy. You know, but but you're, you're knowing the guy who maybe you didn't even connect with that much. You know, it was at one point, wasn't it? I think at one point this season, I think five games into Perriman's season, he had only caught three balls on 16 targets. So yeah. there was a lot of stuff missing there, right? Well, they couldn't and, come up with that third receiver, right? That proverbial and, and, third receiver. And so now you see that. You know, it's kind of what we we wanted to see from OJ Howard. We've seen a little bit more of that the past few weeks. Um, you know, and so I think you know that's another sign of a growing quarterback and a guy who. You know, he's going to make do with what he's got out there. And, you know, it's interesting because one thing, I don't know if you noticed this, Rick, but, you know, listening to Jameis on the podium today, um, he he sounded almost borderline emotional about, the, the, about the trust that – that he feels that that and, and the bonding that he feels this team has right now, and obviously winning does that, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, when you talk about culture, you talk about it's all it all comes down to winning games. But at the same time, you know, the quarterback's the one that everyone looks to, and I, I do feel that you know, and maybe it's it's it's, it's a roller coaster of a season, you know, because I do say I, I've said this on this podcast before is that like there have probably been times when Jameis has looked around the room and said, you know what, I wonder if I've lost some guys, you know. But I think right now the way he feels and the way this team feels about him is that this guy can win in football games. So, um, and obviously, you know, four-game winning streak, we haven't seen too many of those in, um, Buck in, in Buck history. So, you know, they are definitely going in the right direction. Well, you know, remember that, like, with Jameis, he could play well and they would lose, and he could play poorly and they would lose. So he was the common denominator right, of losing. Right, um, And... So you're right, though, because, you know, this team just finished 5-3 and three on the road. Now, we talked about this road schedule, right, mm-hmm. including one home game that they, I guess you'd say 5-4, and four, but it, it's, it was a home game uh, that they played Carolina over in London. 
Um, but most teams that go five and three, you know what they do? They make the playoffs because you only have to duplicate that at home, and you only got ten wins. If you do one better than that, you got eleven. You're probably in it. Uh, so when you consider that they flew over twenty thousand miles, that they had what forty nine days between games at Raymond James Stadium, something like that. Uh, this has been a, a heck of an effort for this football team to kind of to kind of get there, and I I do think that the Jameis, I I mean after, look when you put up four fifty plus two weeks in a row, which no quarterback no quarterback has ever done in the history of football, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself and about where you are in the offense, and he and he has gotten better. Guys have gotten better around him. You know, today they also didn't have their left tackle. That wasn't a small thing. Donovan Smith was out. First time in 77 games that he had missed a game. First time in his career in five years. And Josh Wells did not start out well. Josh Wells had a holding penalty. He had, a, I think, an illegal block um, to the back. And so... And this was after they were giving him help, too. They were giving him... tight end an extra heavy tight end over there with yeah. the... Earl Wofford, I believe. And so they were giving him help over there, and he was still struggling. But, you know, and it was interesting, too, because, Rick... They, the Bucks really tried to establish the run here early on. They tried. And, and, and it's clear that was the game plan. It, it, it clearly didn't work out. And it's just like, all right, well, I mean, first, game, first play of the game, I think, Jameis goes out and throws a, a ball in the flat to Ronald Jones. He gets 25 yards off. And we're That's like, right. oh, oh, they're off and running, right? Yeah, yeah. Because anytime Ronald Jones is catching balls in the flat, you know it's what that means, thing, right? Yeah. And so, um, but, but, but then they, they tried to run the ball a little bit and – and didn't really work out, and then it just kind of went to all right. We'll, we'll be that team where it throws the ball what forty-seven times, yeah. and uh, and gets gets yards through the air. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's really a, an amazing game when you think about it. I mean it's and and the one thing I like to see too is the notion that you know we, let's face it, Rick. We, we can be honest with our with our listeners here is that you know I think when when that game gets to twenty-four seventeen. You know, we're thinking of the Giants game all over again. No you know, question. especially after Matt Gay missed a field goal off the off the upright. He did. You know, we're we're thinking like, man, you know, Looks could a they lot like could, it. could they blow this one just like they did, you know, in week three? And you know, give them credit for the fact that they got the big play. That they, I, I don't think they, I don't think this team against that team necessarily wins this game in week three. Maybe you not. know, I I, th- I don't think that those rookies are, are are as confident as they are. I don't think they have uh, as, as much of a grasp of the scheme. I love the way Sean Murphy Bunting des- described the the pick six that he made because you know it, it, it kind of just listening to him talk about it. You know, what what do we know about Bulls' system scheme? It's it's all based on the the pressure the and the illusion pers- the illusion of pressure, of pressure mm-hmm. right? And he talked about how he was getting picked on all day on these. Short out routes. And Dan, routes yeah. Danny Amendola was picking on him all day, yeah. and then they he decided to kind of you know Bait give him. him some blitz looks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he didn't. And then on this specific play, they had a two second and fourteen because Dominican Sue had just sacked the quarterback on first down, and he used this kind of you know blitz uh, you know look and hot and, and David Blau thought that he was coming. He high. called tried to call a hot route. And and Murphy Bunting, you know, jumped on it, and before you know it, seventy yards down the field, he's in the end zone. So, you know, I don't know if if guys like Sean Murphy Bunting or Jamil Dean or those guys can really talk about those plays with that kind of confidence in Week Three than maybe they do now, which is a good sign for this defense. Oh, it's huge. I mean, that's that's why you you know, if you're a Bucks fan, you have you have faith that they're getting better. Remember, they traded Vernon Hargraves, who we're going to see Saturday play for the Houston Texans. And guys like Bunting and Dean now have gotten more playing time. Bunting has now three interceptions. I think I think that leads the team. 
Um, and he, she's shown some ball skills. He doesn't drop the ball. And it was cool, too, because, you know, he's from – he went to Central Michigan. He's from the Detroit metro area. And he had, like, 40 friends and family that were in the very end zone that he scored the touchdown yeah. in. So it was the coolest thing to see them just going absolutely nuts. Uh, took a big picture before the game. So, yeah, when you see that and, – and to Jameis's point, and I, I felt like, you know, he felt like his the team had his back. Look, he's not trying to throw interceptions on the first possession, but he's done that now five times, right? Three of those times on the first pass. But that defense went out there and gave them zero. Okay, they held That's them big. to That's no huge, points. Huge. So you just kind of wipe that off the slate, and then Jameis keeps firing, and he goes on. In fact, at one point in the first quarter, the only pass he missed really never hit the ground. It was the interception. You know, right. he was something like ten out of eleven or something like that. So um, that's the kind. That's how red hot he was throwing the football. And there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know, look, this team now is 7-7. Seven and seven. And it is hard for to win four Holy in a row smoke, in this league. Seven and seven. Seven and seven. Do you realize that a but for a kick against the New York Giants, but for one less turnover against the Tennessee Titans, they're on the board in the wild card hunt as we speak right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, but that's not the case. And yet, with nothing really to play for except your record, they're going out there and they're playing their best football. Again, nobody's gonna say, even though Atlanta now, you know, is getting some respect because they've gone into New Orleans and San Francisco and won. So if you're penciling that game as a win in Tampa Bay, don't. But nobody's going to say they beat a lot of good teams. They, you know, they beat the Falcons, right? Um, they they beat the Colts. Um, you know, going way back, they beat Arizona. I mean, they don't have the quote unquote really signature win right. against New Orleans. Uh, you know that sort of thing. So. Uh, but be that as it may, you play who's on your schedule. And this game against the Texans now, they have a short week. This is going to be tough, not just because the Texans are need one more win to clinch the AFC South, but because no one's healthy. I mean, we don't even know. Usually going on Monday, you find out more guys are hurt than you realize. Right. But it looks like... And we, down, and we will, because oh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Jensen got hurt. We didn't even know about until Jameis mentioned it. Yeah, they called timeout. He went to the sideline, and they, and they were uh, you know they were taking some snaps with... Uh, a new center or Watford, and then all of a sudden he went back into the game. So we don't know what his situation is. Alex, Alex Kappa's playing with really a, a brace on one arm. So there's a lot of guys beat up this time of year anyway. But what if you don't have Godwin and Evans on that football team? I mean, it's one thing, you know, Godwin drew a lot of attention and still had, you know, five catches for 121 yards. He led them, uh, including a 51-yarder. So now you take him away. Okay, cool. Now Perriman's going to get the double teams, right? right. Uh, O.J. Howard did some things. Cam Braid had, had three catches. So they spread the ball around, like I said, to 11 guys. This will not be easy on Saturday by any means. The other guy that, uh, you know, we, we talked about Winston and sort of what position he's put himself in, and we can, we can discuss more about what their options are. But how about Shaq Barrett gets his, you know, 16th and a half sack now, ties Warren Sapp for the franchise record. Uh, after the game, I asked Bruce Arians, you know, Hey, if you'd have known he was this good, you'd have signed him to a two-year deal, 
I mean, you know, you really blew it by signing Shaq Barrett to a one-year, $4 million deal. But that certainly motivated him. Now, he's, he could cost them anywhere from 18 to $20 million a right. year. But Bruce Arians said very confidently, and I'm sure a quote that will be mailed to Barrett's agent, he ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. And, you know, of course, money really talks and everything else walks. But that was okay with Shaq Barrett because, you know, as he said after the game, hey, I like it here. I, I want to be here. If it ain't broke, why fix it, right? Yeah. So clearly, you know, you do have sort of the, the hometown um, advantage, but there's still going still to be about money. Now, the unique thing about this year, and this is something that is a little confusing, so I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but normally, you know, teams have either the franchise tag or the transition tag. The franchise tag, you can put on a player that's, uh, you know, got at least four years in the league, and if his contract is up, you got to pay him the average of the top five players at his position, which in the case of, say, Jameis Winston would be like $27 million on a one-year contract, right? You virtually end his free agency, or some team would have to give you two no more draft picks to try to sign him. Um, you also have a transition tag where you can protect a player and get right a first refusal if he's a free agent. If he goes out there and gets an offer, you can match that offer, and you have to guarantee him um, the average salary of the top ten players at his position. So... Because next year is the last year of the CBA, they have the ability to use both tags. Usually it's either or. So really they can cover their bases with these two guys. Now I would think that their goal is going to be to try to reach a long-term agreement with Shaq Barrett, if I had to guess. And then we'll see what happens to Jameis Winston. But, you know, these are these were two guys that showed up the last two weeks um, and have, have really, you know, left the impression that, in 2020, these these guys are going to be your biggest players, uh, one on defense, one on offense, and then then we'll see what happens to the rest of the defensive line. But yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that, that they didn't win some of those games early. But at seven and seven, given where they came from, man, this has been this has been a hell of a save. And like you said, you know, I mean, both of those guys have said said today, you know, pretty pretty remarkably saying, you know, I, I want to stay here. Right. And, you know, obviously a big part of the big sub subtext to that is that, well, of course, you want to be where you're winning. Right. Sure. Um, you know, it'd be Everybody interesting to, to win. Right. Everyone. It'd be interesting to see. What would know, they say if they were they losing? Say if they were, you know, on a four game losing streak rather than a four game winning streak. But, right. you know, having said that, that's not the, the world we're living in right now. Mm. But, um, you know, it, it is it, it is interesting because, you know, this let's face it, Rick, this team hasn't necessarily managed its cap you know, situation very well. Um, you know, there, there's some, there's some issues there and, you know, but, you know, it, it, the, the big thing is, is especially for Shaq Barrett, he knows that he's successful in this scheme and on this team, That's right. win or lose. That's this right. has been a, a transcendent year for him in basically the first year that he's really had the opportunity to be an every down pass rusher. Right. And, you know, to think of it that way is, is pretty amazing because, you know, you could look at it and be like, well, all right, maybe that was just a one-time deal. But I think when you really look at Shaq Barrett, you can kind of see that, like, it's pretty real. You know, the yeah. way he's able to, to, to get around, you know, blockers and just, you know, and just the way we know him in a way that this guy is never going to really he, – he, he you ain't going to catch him sleeping, you know. No, in so, fact, he was he even said after the game he was disappointed that he felt like, you know, my, uh, my power rush – is lacking. Like I, I need to be stronger in the power game. Um, I got the speed thing down, but but you know, 
trying to trying to force my will on guys in the power game is something I need to work on. I got a text from Warren Sapp. I got several of them. He was watching his daughter graduate from the University of Missouri. Congratulations to him uh, and his daughter. Uh, but he said, uh, you know, okay, tell tell Shaq, welcome to the club, and you got more work to do. But when you think about the Bucks, that what was it? For years, since Simeon Rice, they couldn't find a player to get double-digit sacks until last year when JPP did it with 12 and a half. And now you have a guy come in here and tie the franchise record with two games remaining. As Bruce Arians said, this is nothing to to take lightly. Like, this is a... Big time, yeah. Sixteen and a half sacks for any season, let alone he leads the NFL. I mean, he leads the the entire league right now, and also is I think at least tied or leads uh, for the number of, of fumbles forced, which is six. And so, you know, he he could wind up with I don't know, you know, eighteen and a half. He could wind up you know somewhere close to that. That that's an amazing thing. And so, they do absolutely have to resign him now. You wonder how the dynamic changes. Does Ndamukong Sue comes back? Do they get somebody to go with Vita Vea? You know, Will Golston could be a free agent. I mean, there's a lot of guys on the defensive line that aren't coming back. Um, but this defense is humming. They're confident. They did give up some big plays. They were kind of broken plays where David Blau just kind of – I thought he just kind of threw the ball up there for grabs, and the other team came down with him. So well, There were a couple of balls that he definitely threw just up for, yeah. <laughs> just threw it for grabs, just rolled around in the pocket yeah. and – uh, and then Chucked threw it, it back there. Yeah, but Danny Amendola was the one guy that did hurt them a little bit. Eight catches for 102 yards. Of course, he, he you know he's an older guy, but he's he's been able to do that. They were missing players. The Lions were, um, including <laughs> the running back situation was whack altogether. But uh, let's explain that to people, Rick, because basically, I, I think the, the guy they started today, uh, Wes Hills. Wes Hills sounds like a high school. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Wes Hills on a Friday night. Here is, is basically the eighth guy that they've started running back this year. Shows how how, how how badly they've been banged up at that position. And he was on the practice squad last week. And they call him up and they say, "Hey, get back there. We're going to give you what twenty twenty some carries." It's and, crazy. And then he runs for. I think he had two touchdowns too. He did. Yeah, he only he only ran ten times for twenty one yards, but. As a team, they only ran 18 times for 2.5-yard average. So, you know, another good job by the Bucks defense. Speaking of running, Bucks running game. Yeah. Oof. They did try it, though. Byron run that ball 29 times for just 49 yards, 1.7. I honestly think about 10 of those rushes, though, were within the first two or three two they drives. Were. Oh, they were. They really went hard Ronald for Jones the run. Ronald Jones had 11 carries. I think he had them in the first quarter. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I, we really saw much of Ronald Jones after the first quarter. We didn't. He had only 23 yards. Let me ask you this. If you're the Bucks and you go into next season, and, and the draft falls, I don't know where they're picking, probably now in the top 16 or so at this point. But let's say the draft falls to such that most of the, 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 the sure thing offensive linemen are gone. Maybe some sure thing off defensive linemen are gone as well. And there's a running back staring at you in the first round. And I don't know, like, he ain't going to last this long. Jonathan Taylor. There's somebody right, right. There's somebody who's an elite running back. Do you think about it? You got to think about it. I had every hope in the world that Ronald Jones, you know, he won the starting job, that he was right. gonna, he, he did make progress over what was just an abomination of a rookie year. But at the end of the day, uh, and maybe it's some of it's on his offensive line, but they're not. He's not done very well of late, to say the least. And 
as a team, they're not running the football consistently. At yeah, all. It, it's pretty clear that the, the run game is lacking, and you know some of that does have to fit in with the context of just purely. I mean, the, today was a little bit different because but, but falling behind in a but, lot of yeah, games. because they were ahead. But yeah. you know, the context of the, they had to abandon the running game sure. to a certain degree because they were coming back from behind. But, but even when they but, do run it, they never run it effectively, right? right? I mean, like in the t- today, like you know, I think Peyton Barber had a, a, a couple of decent, decent runs. But I guess the thing was with the running game, it's, it's a lot of that. It's like you can get a, a pretty nice 10-yard run here and there, but there's a lot of zeros and ones yes. and twos and, and negative, those, those and negative ones. plays, which gives right. you the big average. Which, right? which I think is what would really kind of – when you look at those stats, you're really underwhelmed. So, yeah. you know, so then the question is what is it? Is it, you know, is it the, the, the run blocking? Is it that the, these guys aren't necessarily, you know, seeing the holes? Is it – Right. You know that those holes are closing up. Is it the way defenses are playing the run? Sure, but um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I really, I, I really like Ronald Jones, and I like Peyton Barber for that case. But like, you know, obviously, the production just isn't there. That's so that's a good way to put it. Right. So yeah, it's a production, and so you know, if you find a player, I've always thought that running backs, especially in the NFL, because it's such an instinctive job. Usually, they struggle in the pass protection game. But that's a separate issue. But if you're, if you're special, it shows up right away. Yeah. You know, um, you see it with Ezekiel Elliott. And you see it, uh, you know, with some of the top the top rushers in the game. They, they come to the NFL and, and they're good. You know, Saquon Barkley. I mean, right. there are guys that come from college and, and hit it right away. So now, Having said that, I wouldn't be against them, like, even, you know, whether this worked, whether they thought this was working or not, is the notion of, you, know, you got you as much as we talk about these you know first round guys. Yeah. There's so many guys in like the middle rounds oh, that, yeah, that you sure. can grab. You know what, what's wrong with, with regardless just doing that? Trying to look at you know you guys like guys like David Johnson or yeah. some of these small school guys who you know maybe kind of flow under the radar. I mean that's a scouting thing, right? I mean yes. the, you, to to get those guys, that's more of a you're you're develop you're, you're you're relying on on the scouting department to find those guys. But those guys are out there. And why not go and try to find, you know, the next kind of guy like that? I think what they really need in that position is a legit third down back, a mm-hmm. guy who can catch the ball and absolutely get upfield with it, like a David Johnson did back in right. the day, um, and, and like you see um, with some other backs around the league. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting day. Um, obviously, they were very happy with the win, happy to win four in a row. Have a chance to win five in a row. Six is would tie the franchise record if they went out there nine and seven, which is an unbelievable comeback from what they were. What two and seven at one point? Yeah, I think two and six. Um, two. two and six, two and seven, something like that. Three and seven. So, um, you know, this this would be a uh, this would be a hell of a comeback for them. And and look, if you're a Bucks fan, you should be happy. They they don't have much on the line, but they're still they're still buying into this coaching staff. I think this coaching staff. I think you've seen the difference, right? Um, you certainly saw the difference in Jameis with a lot of interceptions, right. but he has gotten better, and the numbers he's putting up now are just outrageous. And you've seen guys like Bashard Perriman grow before your eyes, and he had a tough time getting on the field with, with you know, obviously with Evans and Godwin. Um, but you've seen the defensive players get better, Sean Murphy Bunting and the Jamal Deans and, um, you know, uh, Devin White, who was, you know, ill and was questionable for this game. Um, you know, he played really, really well. And then Levante, the, the steady veteran, uh, as well, played great. So that's what you hang your hat on. And right now, they're one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. If they were 
tell you what, if they were in the playoff hunt, everybody would say, ooh, you don't want to play those guys, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and I think, too, Lee, you mentioned this really well, is the notion that, you know, as we look at this four-game winning streak or, you know, five out of six, and we look and say, okay, why are they doing this, right? Yeah. And, and I do think that, you know, what did, we, what did we talk about, you know, the Arians, you know, system is, you know, you get better as the season goes along. That's that, right. You know, the intricacies of the offense or the defense become a lot easier once you've, you've seen the mistakes and corrected them That's in right. games. That's so, right. so we, I think, you know, I honestly think if, if, you know, we can look at Jameis's numbers, we can look at, you know, the, the thousand yard receivers, we can look at the, the young defense that's come of age. And, and, but I, I do think that when we really look at, at this streak in the context of what it really is, I think the main factor here is that these guys are just getting on offense and defense are just getting more comfortable with this system. And I think that the coaches are finding how to utilize the players the best way. And that's another thing of the Arians model, the Todd Bowles model, everything like that, is when you when you talk to players who played under those guys, mm-hmm. they always talk about the same thing, which is these guys always put me in a situation where I can succeed. Yeah. And I think that's really, really, really the true key to, to what, what's going on right now with this, this kind of surge of momentum. Yeah, it's been something to watch. Uh, you know, no Bucks fans are enjoying it. We'll see what they do in a short week on Saturday. The players will be off today because uh, typically they're off on Tuesday. Everything moves up a week, of course, uh, with the Saturday game, and then that'll take them into uh, the Christmas weekend where they got two games at home now to wrap it up against the Texans on Saturday and then the final Sunday of the season against the Atlanta Falcons. So from Detroit, where the Buccaneers have uh, gone ahead and beaten the Detroit Lions, thirty-eight to seventeen. Buddy cop, buddy cop, buddy cop. <clears throat> what do you got? So this is their last road game of the season, which means it's our last road game. Yeah, so it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I mean, you you put on a lot of miles, buddy. Well, I have a lot of miles on me already, Ed, as you know. Uh, you did take me to a place. I will say your baseball came in uh, came in handy. What was the name of that place we went to after the game? Today? Yeah. For Sweet, Sweetwater Tavern. Sweetwater Tavern. If you're yeah. in Detroit, you just, like, it's late. You said they serve till 2 a.m. We weren't there at 2 a.m. We were there much earlier, but the wings are really good. They put a certain really spice good. and rub in them. I, don't know. I think there's a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, but there's some kick there's there, some too. Some pepper rub, too, spice. There, man. Yeah. yeah little, but, and then you look at them, and you're like, you're kind of like, at first glance, you're kind of like, they're dark and stuff like that. You're kind of like, what's what's up with oh, these wings? But then when you take a bite out of them, they're really good. They're, and, I, I think they're some of the best wings. And, like, all respect to my people in Buffalo. No, I'm with you. But, but I think these I've are some of the, the best, bar. I like these best wings in America. Yeah. They're really, really good. And, uh, and the meat just fell off of them. And, so that was a good call. But, yeah, we, we, we've been around the world together. I mean, twenty more than 20,000 miles. I'm tired of traveling. I want to go home. My next road trip will be to Indianapolis in February sometime. I, I, unless, of course, the drive to Miami maybe for the Super Bowl that we'll be making. But, um, yeah, it's been uh, – and you can imagine what it's done to this football team too. Yep. I mean, to go five – like I said, to go five and three with this, with this road record is pretty damn good. But – Hey, man, it was a hell of a season. It was a hell of a road trip season for us, buddy. What a ride. What a ride. One day we'll tell everybody what we really did on these things. (laughs) But uh, for now, at least, we're just going to say we will talk to you tomorrow on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.